And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletic's Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portstein with you on a Tuesday morning, well, Tuesday noon, the day after the Blue Jackets' latest loss, debacle, setback, kicking the hindquarters in the NHL draft lottery. By now, I'm sure you've heard the Blue Jackets dried a slide from number two to number three in the draft order. They will not get Connor Bedard. They will almost certainly not get Adam Fantilli. And now the Blue Jackets. Um, I think what we learned last night is that help for next year's team is not on the way via the draft this year. There's an outside chance Leo Carlson plays in the league next year. Uh, I think that's seen as 50-50. No way Will Smith does. He's committed to Boston College. So at least a year until they get a reward uh, for this draft and a reward for the just dreadful season they had. Um, we can talk about that. Just the, We can go wherever you want. We can talk about the ESPN error last night. Well, one thing I, I, I do want to establish, this um, idea that, what happened on the TV show is somehow proof of a fix or somehow uh, suggests further to some people that, that this process is rigged. I can't stress enough that that is just the, the TV show portion of the event, that the lottery is actually done about an hour earlier. All that was spoiled was the surprise, not the actual uh, results of it. 
still not a obviously not a good look for the league. Nobody feels worse about it than Kevin Weeks does. He doesn't want to screw that up. Of course he doesn't. Um, but not, you know, that's that's a tough night uh, for the league and unveiling a, a, a lottery that had a lot of eyes on it, given the, the prominence of Bedard and really Fantilli. Uh, the Blue Jackets coaching search, it now becomes, I think, the focus, fair to say, uh, for the next couple of weeks, uh, if it takes even that long to secure a new coach. We can talk about that. We can talk about anything. Uh, special edition of the Front of Nationwide Live Room podcast here, just given the events of the last 24 hours. Uh, the, the Athletic, myself, was I was in the room last night for the lottery draw, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, if you have any questions about that, be absolutely glad uh, to speak to that. We, we uh, wrote a story late last night. Uh, it was published late last night, just about how the night went and kind of a a minute by minute blow of the uh, the proceedings. It's fascinating, and on one level, and then another level, it's incredibly tedious and uh, a f- almost a formal uh, execution of the lottery. And it's over before you realize it. Um, so, any any questions you have about that, be be glad to answer those. You can step up to the queue. You can uh, leave your text. Let's get right to it. I think we can go about 45 minutes. I've got to catch a flight back from New Jersey. Um, but let's, uh, let's go here for about 45 minutes. We'll take uh, your questions and comments. Let's go to James H., who is on stage. Uh, James, you are on front of Nationwide. Go ahead, please. Hello, James. We'll be going to George next. So, George, stand ready if you're you're there uh three two calling james in one okay i don't see james let's go to george george if you're there step on up to the stage and and fire away you're on front and nation can you hear me gotcha george how are you good how are you good man Hey, two questions. Well, first of all, thanks for being our um, counselor through all this. First <laughs> um, question is, do the GMs get any notification prior to the television announcement that um, what the draft lottery pick order is? Because um, we were watching, obviously, the Blue Jacks knew early, but when they put up Chicago and Anaheim's uh, GMs, I looked at the Chicago's face. and I was like, oh, you know, they got it. I told my son, he's like, you're right. Davidson looks really happy right now. So, um, and the second question is there was an article by, uh, Drance earlier today and a lot of the scouts he had talked to over the four seemed like they had a lot of, um, uh, like a lot of love for Carlson. Uh, like one of them was saying, a couple of them said they might be as good as Fantilli and one of them said he might be as good as Bedard and kind of hinted that. So I was wondering if you've heard more about that at all. So let me get to the first one. They they do not know the GMs if they're not they they're allowed to be in the room if they want. They can send a team representative. Uh, if they're not in the room, they don't know until the TV show. Now, if if the GM of the Blackhawks had a smile on his face, I'm guessing that's because he already knew that the Blackhawks had moved up either to one or two from the number three spot. Um, I didn't see it, so I'm not I'm not sure exactly what his reaction was, but they, they, they are not informed of it until the, the TV show uh, reveals it. Um, as for Carlson, I mean, you know, you can, you can find 
you can find someone who there are varying degrees in this. And so each player is going to have their, their supporter. I've heard people say they think Michkov is as talented as Bedard. Um, that Fantilli is this Fantilli is that. And let's just all be honest here. I think it's, it, it, it just makes sense. We don't know. We don't know. Go look at the draft order and look at some of the stuff that's said about some players before previous drafts. And you don't know what these kids are going to become. And, and that's not me trying to make people feel better about not getting Bedard or Fantilli. Of course, you'd want one of those two players if you could. Um, but I think back to the year that Colorado had the worst record in the league and through the lottery slid to four. And they were devastated. And all they got out of it was a defenseman named Kale McCarr. Right, <laughs> who is maybe the best defenseman in the league? I'm not saying that's going to happen this year. I'm not saying Leo Carlson or Will Smith is going to be the best player in this draft. Not saying that at all. Chances are that is not the case, but we do not know. Um, it, it's the tough thing for the Blue Jackets is they have less control now over who they pick, and they don't get that immediate boost beginning next season. Um, but it's going to take a couple of years. It always does for us to have a real keen sense uh, of what this draft really means and what 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 the the outcome truly is. And, and isn't it strange if I can go on about this real quick? Everyone was upset when they beat Pittsburgh in the eighty first game of the season, and I get it. I, I I we wrote all of it, but if if they had lost that game and they finished in Anaheim spot, it cost them Fantilli, not Bedard, by winning that game. You would have been devastated, most of the people listening, if the Blue Jackets earned a point, say they went to overtime and lost to Buffalo in the 82nd game, would have been devastated, and that would have delivered Bedard because it would have put Columbus in the three spot. Now, you can do all of these ifs, ifs, ifs uh, you want, it just tells you how fluky the system is, how crazy the system is, um, what close calls it is every every year. So, George, thanks for those questions. I do appreciate it. Let's go quickly to James. I think you're in the queue now. James, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me, Forty? Right. Got you, man. Go ahead. All right. Thanks. Um, yeah, just a brutal night last night. Um, obviously, the didn't didn't go the way we planned, but then the ESPN kerfuffle uh kind of put another element to it that made it a little bit worse i i really feel like last night i was more upset than even the playoff losses that i've seen so i don't know why <laughs> it just seems like um we were just so due and and just you know the letdown of not getting one of those top two uh just made it extra worse so anyway um was curious do you think the number two the uh, which is obviously right now supposed to be Fantilli. Do you think that Yarmo might make a play to try to move up there? And if so, do you think Anaheim would be listening? Um, if we maybe gave, obviously, our number three, the 21 from the Kings, and maybe a, you know a, one of our young D prospects, and maybe a... a, a prospect on the forward side as well since we do have a pretty crowded forward room right now so just thoughts on that um kind of going all in i guess um it's well, it's, 
Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I, I to me the question is not what what uh, what everybody out there thinks of the drop off between Fantilli and whoever's at three, because to some people that's the first big sort of step down in the draft. The question is what does what does Yarmo think is the difference between two and three? So if he thinks Carlson is a big drop off drop off from Fantilli and Smith is a big drop off from Fantilli then it might be worth it to move up. We don't know what he's thinking. We're not going to know what he's thinking. Um, so I don't think it's out of the question that if, if the Blue Jackets think there's a big drop-off, that a call is made to Pat Verbeek and Anna. And I, hey, Pat, what are you thinking? You've got Zegers. You've got, uh, what's the young guy's name? Um, uh, McTavish. You know, you're fairly well set at top six center. Are you interested in going in a different direction here? We can put this, 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 and this together for you. I don't think it's out of the question. I don't think it's likely. It's really hard to move up in these things. Um, if I'm Anaheim, I'm not even listening to those calls. I'm taking Fantilli. And listen, Anaheim likes big, nasty forwards. Think of how they won the cup those years ago. Mm-hmm. Getzlaff, Perry, those are their guys. Right. Um, so I, I don't think it's likely, but I'm not sure that the Blue Jackets would be obsessed with doing that either. If they love Leo Carlson, uh, if they love Will Smith, um, the, you know, by that token, they could also entertain moving down to four or five. If San Jose or Montreal loves Meechkoff and wants to go up and get them, maybe they can get something else to move down. I think those are things you consider. Now you would not have considered in the one or two spot, but something to keep in mind uh, next month at the draft for sure. Uh, James, thanks for those questions. Thanks for for jumping in. Matt C., uh, you are next on stage. Uh, you'll be up after that. You'll be up after that. Matt, you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. All right. I, I'm in my car for lunch break, so I figured I'd hop on. Um, I just have a question. I read your article that was, was – um, mentioned that Carlson might be an outside shot of uh, joining the NHL next year. Let's just say he goes, you know, because he's going to the Worlds. Let's say he goes and shows out and he shows that he can play with NHL-type players. You know, obviously he's going to help himself, but do you think that he can prove that if he plays well enough, he can play in the NHL next year? And, um... I know you're also a big fan of Smith. I mean, I kind of am too, but what's your thinking on who they're going to take with that number three pick? Yeah. So I think the door is still open for Carlson to play in the NHL next year for sure. It's up to him uh, through his play. If he looks great at the world championships, awesome. If he comes to training camp and looks like he's ready, then he's ready. Uh, they're certainly not going to keep him from playing in the NHL if he's ready. Um, I don't think it, at this juncture they would be wise to expect him. I don't think they, they're they going to, to make lineup decisions right now based upon him being ready, but that is a, absolutely a possibility. I think they love Will Smith, too, um, who's had an incredible season. And we got to be really careful with these with these drafts, acting like we – we know what each of these guys, we can see what they are. We, we don't know what they're going to be. Um, both of those guys, Carlson and Smith, could be special. 
Um, that's the way the draft has worked through the years. Go back and look through any years. There's, there are surprises that, that, that maybe didn't jump off the page during the process that a few years later, you look at them as real, really crown jewels on a, on a roster. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they took Will Smith. We did a mock draft last night. I predicted that they did take Will Smith. Um, but that's not coming from a place of, of any, you know, tip off or indication from the league, the, the team that that's where they would go. Um, but, but I, I, you know, really the, what I think is interesting is the draft probably, unless there's a shock at two and Fantilli doesn't go, the real intrigue of this draft probably begins with the Blue Jackets at three and where they're going to go with that. Cause that's the, um, you know, that, that's the, the, the only, the mystery to this point. Um, all right. Thanks for the uh, question there, Philip, you are now on stage. We'll get to some text questions after this. Philip, go ahead. You're on Front Nation. Hello? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Gotcha. Oh, man. We we are reaching the point where it's like a sick statistical joke, isn't it? But um, more importantly, what I w- wanted to ask you about was um, Sweet- Sweden's um, assistant GM is somebody who's on the Blue Jackets scouting staff, I believe. Um, he definitely played a role in making sure that Leo Carlson is playing for Sweden in the world junior championship. Do you think that, um, this world junior championship, how, how or not world junior championship, sorry, world championship, the IIHF. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, um, how, how big of a event do you think this is in terms of, Scouting for Carlson versus Smith at three. Well, I, I, so Smith just had his opportunity in the world under 18s and looked really, really good. Um, so that's what he could do. Now Carlson gets a shot at the Worlds. And the, the one thing I think has to be kept in mind with Carlson when you look at his numbers, you know, you, you, you see. Bedard's numbers and they're explosive. You see Fantilli's numbers and they're explosive. Those guys are are both playing within their peer group, the younger age of it, but within it. So uh, Fantilli's a freshman in a sport that's typically dominated by juniors and seniors, and he dominated as a freshman. Very impressive. Um, Bedard dominated as a 17-year-old. The crazy thing about what he did at the world juniors is he could still be eligible to play at least two more years in that tournament. And he dominated it like he did, but Carlson is already playing in a men's league. It's the Swedish men's league. It's not the NHL of course. Um, but so his numbers are, are pretty darn good by, by that league standards and yet a bit muted compared to the others. It's because he's playing against 25, 30 and plus year old men. So that's that's to be considered. Um, and the Worlds is going to be a similar test to that, if not even a step up from that, especially when Sweden plays Canada or the U.S. That, that'll be a huge benchmark for him to say where he is. A wise scout would not make too much about any individual game or tournament. Um, but sure, he has a chance to, uh, if with a great tournament, to, to really cement his status. The one thing that changes in the NFL, the games stop in January, 
the bowl games, the national championship, that's it. So all this stuff about guys moving up and down the draft board, it's just all pure conjecture. There's really no avenues for them to move up or move down other than the scouting combine. In the NHL, with these these kids, they're playing the world under 18s. They've got the world championships, so they've got opportunities, uh, yes, to play their way into a better position. And absolutely, Carlson has that that uh, that opportunity before him. And he'll have lots of eyes watching. Yarmo Kekalainen was planning to go to the Worlds already. Of course he is now uh, going to go. Um, so they'll watch him very, very closely, and it'll just be you know, more pieces of information that they can take in uh, to consider. He was at the under-18s as well. He saw Smith have a very, very good tournament. Um, so all of these guys uh, are, are, you know, are, are afforded the opportunity to establish themselves. Um, Philip, thanks for the question. Let's get to some chat comments and questions now. Um, got a good crowd today. Thanks, everybody, for showing up. Um, let's see here. We'll go start from the very beginning. It's a very fine place to start. Patrick D says, J.D. and Yarma screwed up massively prior to the 2016 draft by saying it was a two-player draft. And they had the number three pick, essentially significantly lower. I think that was J.D. that slipped up and said that. Um, Columbus now in a position of power again at number three. I don't know if it's a position of power necessarily. Do you see them potentially shopping this pick if they can move back and still get Carlson or Smith? Well, if they could get Carlson or Smith and move back, then absolutely they would do it. Absolutely. But that also assures that they move back only one or maybe two points. Um, or spots. I mean, they can't move back too far and be guaranteed anything. Um, so I, I don't rule anything out, but I would say that a maneuver like that would be unlikely, but but we'll see if it if it can if if it can you know come to a point where it makes sense for all these teams like the Nash trade did with Atlanta and and uh, Florida back in the day, then who knows? Christopher A says, uh, "Porty, when you were at the drawing last night, at, at any point did anyone ask, uh, hey, Gary, here's an idea. Why don't you <laughs> why don't you just broadcast this, the actual ball drawing, instead of giving one an excuse to think to claim the lottery's rigged?" Um. I mean, I've wondered why they don't just, and they do make video of the actual lottery draw available. It's up on YouTube right now. You can watch it. Um, as you say here, Christopher, that does nothing to counter those theories. I think it does. Um, how it's been explained to me through the years, and and they're right. I don't pretend to know what is good TV or what isn't. I'm a I'm a print guy, a, a words guy. But that's not good TV. And to see Bettman stand next to the lottery machine and and spend, you know, eight to ten to twelve minutes reading every rule of the lottery is not good TV. I'm not sure people have the attention span for that. I think it's also the the system I think is 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 a good system. It's the way it needs to be done uh to assure the checks and balances, to assure that that everything is on the up and up and that you can trust the system, but it's also a touch convoluted for people that don't take a few minutes to really understand how the process works. I I still hear uh, people or see people make comments on Twitter that there are no ping pong balls used. And it's like, yeah, there are Um, who think that, that the numbers have to be in the order that they're drawn out of the machine. That's not how it works. 
there's a lot of confusion about this already, and even even attempts to explain it, which can be difficult. I tried to write a story. I did write a story explaining how the lottery works, and you don't realize how involved something is, uh, or how much you know about something until you try to explain it. Um, and every word matters. It's very tedious. And then the lottery takes about like two and a half minutes for both draws and it's done. Um, but so imagine the lottery, if they popped up four numbers last night where the Pittsburgh Penguins four numbers came up and everybody in Pittsburgh goes crazy. Oh my God, we got Connor Bedard. And then the league says, no, 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 no. The highest you can get to is four. So you won the lottery, but you're fourth and, there would be a quite large contingent of people that would say, what the hell is that? This is, this is outrageous. What are they talking about? Pittsburgh won the lottery. And now you're telling me that they're picking fourth because the rules just go right through people. It, it's a lot for a lot of people to understand. Just look at my Twitter mentions. You, you see proof of that in, in a bunch of them, not all of them, but a bunch of them. Um, it's not great TV. And so they try to, make it an interesting and compelling TV show. It's, it's all ceremonial though. The lottery is determined an hour before the actual TV show. Um, so that's, that's sort of the reason that it is the way it, it is. Um, thanks for that question. Fine question, uh, Christopher. Let's go to Patrick D uh, who says goalie is arguably the most uncertain position for the blue jackets. And Tarasov is constantly injured and not developing as they likely planned. It's been reported that there are some promising goalies in the 2023 draft who could go as early as the late first round. Do you think the Blue Jackets would draft Ratzlaff, Hrabal, or Barnison? That sounds like a pretty good law firm with our 21 to 23 pick or possibly with pick 34 in the second round. Well, I think that that uh, L.A. Kings pick is going to be traded. So I don't rule out them taking a goalie in the second round at all. Um, you're not taking a goalie in this year's draft to fix the immediate needs of goaltending. However, if that, if they feel like uh, Merzlikens and, and Tarasov uh, cannot be trusted as the one, two punch next season, which I think would be a very reasonable, uh, you know, conclusion to reach that's going to require a free agent or a trade uh, to bring somebody completely different in. Um, you're not going to fix next year's goaltending. Uh, through this year's draft. Uh, Joe P says, do you have a sense of how Carlson Smith stack up as prospects versus other top five pick centers this decade? Uh, Byfield, McTavish, Bernier, uh, Bernier, sorry, Cooley, Wright. Watch Carlson last night in an effort to move on. His size instantly pops out of you. He's a big guy. The guy that Carlson is, is most often compared to, and I, I think we do this in sports and it drives me crazy. Um, when we're looking for a comparison, we try to find someone from that person's country or, frankly, from that person's race. And, yeah. So Backstrom is often, Nicholas Backstrom, Backstrom is often the comparable for Carlson. I'm not sure that's, Carlson seems to have about three inches on him. I'd like to see more of him before I start comparing him to, to NHL players. Um, but my sense is that they they compare uh, favorably to Byfield, um, to Wright, McTavish, uh, 
Veneers, obviously, Cooley looks like a real bright prospect. They're probably in that realm. Um, but we'll see. Uh, the next couple of years, we'll have a, a pretty good idea of what these guys can be. Um, Ron Jay says, I know we don't have a coach yet, but do you think Liony at center has any legs? Uh, I think he's a better player when his feet are moving. Yeah, the goal is to get him to move his feet. Um, for sure. Listen, it probably A at center probably has more legs now than it did 24 hours ago when there was a chance they were going to get a, uh, a center for a, an immediate help center. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm still skeptical. I'm not cynical. I'm skeptical. I'm not, uh, I certainly wouldn't bank on line a becoming the number one center but god if it gets his game going and allows him to to get back to the productive player he was the start of his career then hell he could play defense for all i care um that is a taxing job at the forward position and it's going to be a huge challenge for him to be able to do it not i don't worry about him being able to just handle the the puck in the role offensively, but it's it's defensively being shut down center against some of the great players, uh, going head to head against some of the best of the best. That's the that's the challenge that's before him, and I'm I'm not sure. It seems an odd fit to me, to be honest with you, but I'm not sure. Uh, Joey R says, "Is there any chance Anaheim goes the Meechkov route?" Yeah, there is. There is. Um, I can't imagine, but is there a chance? There is a chance. Um, what made you lean towards Smith in the athletic mock draft? Nothing more than a gut feel. And the fact that he had an incredible under 18. And I've been saying for months now, just based upon things I've heard uh, relative to the Blue Jackets and liking Will Smith, that I expected Will Smith to crack that top three. Uh, for so long, it was Bedard, Fantilli, and Carlson. I suspected Smith would crack that top three and make it more interesting. And he's done that. And um, I think now that Columbus is in that number three spot, there's a real chance he goes there. Luke M says, can you provide us hope? Will anyone be available three, be a lift all boats type of player? I'm not sure anything else matters until CBJ get that player. Yeah, I mean, today's not a great day for, uh, you know, I'm certainly not in a position to, to sugarcoat or try to make people feel better. Last night was a kick in the, in the backside. I I mean, there are some good young players on this roster. However, it is, it is deeply flawed. Again, we don't really know what any of these players are going to be in a few years. That's so important to keep in mind. Um, if you seriously, if you want to entertain yourself, go back and look at some pre-draft coverage from 10 years ago. And it's not that people are, are were wrong or they're idiots or they don't know what they're talking about. It's just impossible to predict where an 18-year-old's going to go. I mean, I've said this before. The NFL draft has its own uh, inconsistencies and, and wild uh, surprises. And those are mostly 20, 21-year-old kids. Uh, the NHL draft is really more the equivalent of high school recruiting, which is ext- extremely volatile. Um, it, it's just hard to predict. I, it, Colorado thought the world ended when they ended up picking fourth, and now they wouldn't do that draft over again if they could. Kale McCarr is an incredible player. Change that team. They don't win the cup without Kale McCarr, most likely. 
Um, so we'll see. Uh, Samir says, Hey, Porty, thanks for the coverage during the last few weeks. It's been a roller coaster for the fans. Um, question You have mentioned Smith several times as a potential candidate. Do you know what are the reasons why Yarmo and his staff might prefer Smith over Carlson? Um, yeah, so I, I, just what I said with the previous one, I know you, you don't see the previous text messages, so I'm not cracking on the question. Um, I think it's pretty murky right now f- from the inside out, and I don't think we're going to get any indication from Yarmo where he's going, but I, I do think they really like Will Smith. Uh, Kenny B says, is there any way Will Smith rises above Fantilli or is one two set? I don't think, I don't think um, Anaheim would take Will Smith in the number two spot. No. Um, Barrick says, do you like Smith more or were you trying to guess what JK would do? The latter. Yeah, that's not, that's not my pick. That is uh, Yarmo Kekalainen's pick. If Carlson is not in the NHL next year, does he go to the AHL or stay in Europe? In that situation, I'm sure he would stay and continue to play in the Swedish league. Uh, mom says, not my mom. Uh, is there any chance the Jackets trade up with Anaheim? What would they have to give? Is there a chance? There is. They Obviously, the, the number three pick would go. Um, maybe the late first round pick would go. And maybe a roster player would go. Uh, should NHL or Kevin Weeks come out and apologize for the weak programming error last night? Um, I mean, I'll leave that up to them. I, I Would an apology make you feel better? And, and here's what I keep coming back to with all of that. You found out three minutes before you were supposed to find out that Columbus was picking third. Like, you got the bad news before you were supposed to get the bad news, and that's really all that happened. Um, weeks, again, had no no impact on the lottery itself, just the revelation of, of where everybody was. So um, did Larson cost us Bedard with the Pittsburgh win? No, sorry. So Larson didn't cost us Bedard with the Pittsburgh win, but he definitely cost us Fantilli, which is almost as bad. As a CBJ fan, with Larson in charge of the worst power play likely ever, the years we were in the playoffs, and now this, I can't fathom looking back at a coaching tenure with more disdain. Is he the most hated CBJ coach ever? Well, geez. I mean, I'll leave that up to you, Patrick. Uh, again, if they had earned a point in that Buffalo game, then they've got Bedard today. So you can say they didn't lose enough. They didn't lose enough for Fantilli, and they came one point short of, of winning for Bedard, right? Um, so I, I don't think Larson was the worst coach the Blue Jackets have ever had. Um, I would still put Scott O'Neill in that category, but, uh, yeah, and I, I certainly don't think Larson was hated. Um, I don't, uh, Ryan C says, Hey, Aaron, any way to increase the volume on these? I can speak up. Um, maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's other people. I'm not sure. Uh, Scott M says, can Will Smith break his, <laughs> his commitment with BC? Well, I mean, he could, uh, obviously it's a, it's a free world and it's up to him, but Will Smith, I, I read this, I'm not going to get the number right, but it's something like 11 of his family members immediate and otherwise have gone to Boston college, like three or four different generations. Um, Scott, he's going to, well, he's going to BC. So, uh, this is what the family does. And I wouldn't. I, and the Blue Jackets are not going to 
weigh in on that either. He's he's got to make his own choice. And listen, if he goes to BC and has a great year, Fantilli this year as a freshman. If Will Smith goes to BC and tears it up, and he's going to be even more ready. Ron Jay says Anaheim has two young centers. Any chance they have an interest in moving down a spot? Like I can't imagine. I can't um, imagine that. Um, I suppose anything is possible, but to me, you take Fantilli and you work it out. And if you got to move somebody to the wing, if you got to move Zegers to the wing, I'm fine with that too. Um, we're going to go back to the queue, uh, the stage here in a second, and get to Jonathan. So, Jonathan, stand ready, if you would. Um, ben M says, so the TV show was live, and he accidentally spoiled it. Still haven't heard a great explanation. Yeah, that's that's the dealio. Um, Kevin Weeks, apparently a, a source has told The Athletic that the, the teleprompter was fed with words that he articulated that he should not have articulated at that point. And I don't know what to tell you. Again, it's the bad news delivered three minutes early is really what it amounts to. This is this is um, it's a tough look, but it doesn't change the outcome, really. Chicago, uh, this is Michael M. Chicago should be banned from the pick for abuse cover-up. Wings fans, but only teams screwed same as us as Ducks and UCBJ fans. At least y'all tried to win this year. Props from Detroit. So thanks for the comment, Mike. And as promised, let's go to the queue and get to Jonathan. Our Jonathan, you are on front and nationwide. Go ahead, please. Hey, can you hear me? Got you, Jonathan. Awesome. Thanks, Porty. Um, I guess kind of what what uh, maybe maybe comment as much as question, I guess. But like, it's kind of. I, I, I understand people that don't believe that the lottery's fixed, and I understand people that believe the lottery is fixed, but I don't understand how how uh, people can be 100% confident either way, you know, um, because as far I'm personally on the, I think it's rigged side because everybody knew Chicago was getting this pick for months. If, if you asked almost anybody who was getting this pick, they would have said Chicago well, well uh, months ago, like I said. Um, and there's already been things coming out today saying that like, oh, the, you know, this Chicago getting the pick is what's best for the NHL ratings, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I'm just kind of just kind of uh, frustrated, I guess, because it just seems like it feels like we if you played a game with somebody where they were flipping a coin. And if you want if it came up heads, you won and tails, you lost. And it always came up tails. After a point, you kind of just start to feel like, hey, I don't think that this something's going on here. So I guess that's I just kind of wanted to comment to say, like, it, whether you believe it's rigged or not, man, it, it's hard to not feel like it is. That's for sure. So uh, just yeah. question, well, I, guess. I, mean, I, I, I get being frustrated and I get. Um, you know, I, I will say this, too, though, you went into the lottery last night with a 13 percent chance of getting Connor Bedard, 13. So an 87% chance that you weren't going to get him. Now, over the course of history, you've been at this a lot of times. This is the 10th time they've had a chance to win the number one pick, and they haven't done it. But that doesn't change the fact that it's a 13% chance going into 13 and a half going into this year. And so still an 86.5 chance that you're not going to get him. The most likely outcome, given the way that this lottery is, 
the most likely outcome singular pick for the Blue Jackets was number four. That's the way the numbers worked in this thing. They don't want, they want a lottery to prevent teams from just being able to say, we're going to lose every game we can and guarantee ourselves the number one pick. Anaheim had the worst record. They did not get the, the number one pick. Um, you know, Chicago winning it. Well, listen, whoever would have won the lottery, I mean, I don't think anybody thought the league was fixing it for Columbus to win. But there were people who thought Arizona for sure is going to win it because they have to pass that that arena uh, situation they're trying to get past uh, to build a new arena and save the franchise. Um, there are some people who probably thought Montreal was going to win it because the league wants a winner in Montreal. And they'd love their one of their star players to be in the major epicenters of hockey. Uh, whoever would have won it, who, whoever attached their conspiracy theory to that city would have celebrated this morning and said, see, told you. Uh, Chicago had the third best chance. It's not like they came out of 11th place three years in a row to win it. If the league dictated where these players went, do you think they would have sent Connor McDavid to Edmonton? Really? And I'm not saying anything against the city of Edmonton. It's a, yeah, I like Edmonton. I can have fun anywhere. It's a wonderful hockey city. They get it, but it's not the biggest market. Um, so I can't say 3,000% that there's no funny business, but I'm telling you from being in the room and watching it play out, it's almost impossible to see how they would fix this thing with all of the safeguards, all of the independent people they've got watching it, um, all of the rigid systems that they follow. I mean, the guy that shouts draw when they open up the, the tube and let the ball turn to the top, He's 20 feet away from the machine. They make him turn his back. He's like standing in the corner like a little kid who did something wrong so that he can't see it. He couldn't, you couldn't time it if you wanted to if you're standing next to the machine. But they do this just to make sure there's no suspicion about anyone seeing the ball and, and drawing it up when the, the certain ball gets near the tube. They do all of these things to minimize um, any chance of this looking like it's been fixed. I don't think it's fixed. I think Columbus has horrible luck. We got five mathematicians to support a hypothesis, and, and it came out that, if you saw the numbers, if you read the story, they've got terrible luck in the lottery. But the lottery is also no way to do your business because the chances are so low you're going to win. So, anyways, I hope that helps. Jonathan, sure. thanks for the question. Uh, we're going to go quick here because I don't want to leave anybody uh, behind if we can help it. Um, Patrick S., you are next, and then we'll go to James. Patrick, go ahead. Thanks, Porty. Um, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I Ohio native. I'm actually living in North Chicago last night, and or North Chicago now. And last night I referee hockey, so I'm at a high school hockey game at Lake Forest College. Halfway through the second second period, just play jammed up in the neutral zone, nothing going on. Both benches jumping up and down, cheering. Parents, everybody in the stands jumping up and down, cheering. Let me tell you about the gut punch that I felt. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how I found out. It was clear. Um, you Did know, you congratulations say off for minor penalties. Oh my god! Every kid that came up for the the, the face off after <laughs> that was like, "Hey, did you hear? Did you like?" I, I figured it out. You know, you don't want to. You know, the, the Blackhawks passed and. 
everything after that, you know, is, is obvious. You don't you don't want to blame a 16, 17 year old kid for that and, and call it out. Of course. Of course. Now, later that night, I had a men's league game where I, I let it all fly. Um, that's a different audience. Um, yeah, but my question was. My question was, and congrats on being in the room, big assignment there. It was probably pretty exciting. What was that reaction in the room when, when it came up? Did, you know, who was in there and, and just the overall feeling, again, granted what's going on with the Blackhawks in the past and, and all that um, type of baggage? Yeah, 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 so it was mostly league staffers. There were two, <coughs> excuse me, two team representatives, one from Arizona, one from Philly. And three media people, none of them from Chicago, but it was immediate. Uh, it was just silence. It, there's the, the room was, it wasn't like shocked silence. It was just very okay. And the next order of business is the only thing you could hear in the room was the hum of the lottery machine, the, the wind mm-hmm. blowing through the machine. There was no reaction. Was certainly no cheering. There was no, no one uh, seemed disgusted. I mean, you know, it, it just, it was what it was. Honestly, it was it. It kind of hits you that like, my God, we've been talking about this for how many months now, and it's over in a minute and twenty seconds, and boom, there it is. Did that just happen? That just happened. And then next thing you know, the second pick goes off, and it's it's much the same. Um, very quick, boom, boom, boom. Four numbers, twenty seconds apart, and now you've got your number two pick, and it's all laid out there but there's no as much like being in a press box no <coughs> no cheering no response no no um disappointment just people observing and, and moving on got it got it um and then the only i know the blackhawks aren't your beat but i you know the only other question i had is do you think this is an opportunity for the blackhawks in the league to start having a conversation about you know obviously the the kyle beach situation's in the rearview mirror, but let's face it, Bobby Hall's still out front of that building and his number's still in the rafters. Is this, you think maybe an impetus to say, all right, we're, you're getting a generational talent. People can't be walking into the CS home games, walking past, past that statue anymore. Do you think there's a, a conversation there? Or is that just, um, well, well I mean, I, I think in fairness, if that conversation was going to happen, it, it shouldn't be compelled by Connor Bedard's draft. I mean, it, it should have, if the league felt that, that way, that strongly, it should have happened by now without anything to do with this year's draft lottery or, or this summer's draft. That would be my, that would be my thought. So, gotcha. Uh, Patrick, thanks. Thanks for those questions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, let's go to James and then Eric L. You'll be next. James, go ahead. You're on Front and Nationwide. Hello, James. Hey, Porter. Hello, James. I hear you. Awesome. Um, so just to start out, really appreciate the piece that you did this morning from the perspective inside the room. I thought that was really helpful, especially given some of the uh, some of the obvious uh, conspiracy theories going around. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. one thing that I come back to on that, I actually wasn't going to ask him to mention this, but the pre- the person to previous kind of brought it up for me. The thing I keep coming back to as far as the one thing that tells me you know, why I can feel pretty confident it wasn't rigged beyond, you know, you and others having purview is I just don't see a firm like Ernst and Young risking their entire reputation um, to allow the NHL to rig their own draft lottery. Um, you know, they obviously have much bigger and more powerful partners than the NHL um, that yeah. would be not happy with that type of, of work. And they are not going to put well, cash is king and they're not going to put that at risk. So that's from my personal perspective. That's what I always come back to is as bad as the jackets luck, lottery luck has been. EY is not going to be putting their reputation on hold just to make sure that Connor Bedard goes to Chicago. Um, that said, uh, what I actually wanted to mention is I read an interesting piece on the athletic this morning where they interviewed four scouts. Um, and I found it really fascinating how closely those scouts ranked Fantilli and Carlson. Um, and not only that, that several of them had Carlson ahead uh, of Fantilli. Um, and even the ones who would rank Fantilli ahead mentioned that they thought there's a world where Carlson ends up being the better player. That kind of floored me because I personally viewed it as Fantilli far ahead with Carlson in that you know third place spot if or into your point, Will Smith potentially being in that spot too. Um, do you have any reaction to that or any thoughts on that piece? I thought it was really interesting and actually, you know, kind of pointed out to the fact that even though we are disappointed that, you know, Fantilli or Bedard aren't guaranteed, uh, this is still a really great spot to be in. And the players that are available here are still highly, highly elite players. Yeah. I mean, I guess my only thought would be like, like it is such a tricky business to evaluate players at this age. And there are a lot of scouts who likely have varying Opinions. I've heard, you know, some people say that they think, Fant- who did they, I heard a comparison on Fantilli yesterday. It was like, come on, like, oh, the Fantilli's the next Jack Skilly. And I went, come on, easy. Like, you know, Skilly never did anything that Fantilli did in college. Um, that seems a preposterous comparison, but that's a scout that just isn't impressed with Fantilli. You'll have that. Um, you know, I, again, you, you can, I haven't found anybody who doesn't think Bedard's going to be a hell of a player, but there are some that are concerned about his size, his height specifically. He's thick, he's ripped, he's stacked, but he's not very tall. Um, so there's going to be tons of varying opinions and ultimately, all that all that really matters on draft day is what the Blue Jackets scouts feel. All that really matters ultimately is is how good these guys actually really are, because they're in the league now, and so 
now it's now it's their time to to prove themselves. But we're not going to get you know that answer for a couple of years. It's all possible. Um, it's possible that that Fantilli becomes a better, more dominating player. Then Bedard, it's possible that Fantilli becomes the guy that wins Stanley Cups and and Bedard leads the league in scoring. Or maybe Carlson becomes the guy that takes teams to, to Cups. Um, and just a just a quick follow-up, too, because I'm curious your perception yeah. on this. Because one, one thing I keep going back to is, do you think the reception would be different uh, if Fantilli wasn't viewed as a no doubt to play in the NHL next year? Would Jackets fans be reacting better to this? if Fantilli was also one year or two years away from playing in the league, the way that the two players that we're going to be looking at here are, do you think that has some of the issue of the heightened perception of how bad this drop from two to three was? Yeah, well, for sure. I, I think there's a, I think part of the drop off is because of the immediate impact of Fantilli and Bedard and the delay, likely delayed impact of Carlson and uh, Smith and others. I think that's absolutely part of it. And if you're a Blue Jackets fan, that's understandable. You need help now. This was not supposed to be a complete rebuild. This was supposed to be a restart a couple of years back and then back at it again. I think if you watch the team play last year, you realize how far away that is uh, right now. Right now, and And one player isn't going to fix that. My God, they need profound help on the back end. But they also need help up front, especially at center. And that help now, at least through the draft, is now more than a year away. Whereas if they pick one or two, that help would have been uh, in the building, at least for the start. Um, I, yeah, that for sure that for sure impacts uh, people's disappointments. Uh, James, thanks for the questions. Sure. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Morty. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah. We got time for Eric L., um, Eric, if you're there, you're in front of Nationwide. Please go right on ahead. You there, Eric? Okay, let's go um, to Andrew. Andrew, you there? Andrew, why? Uh, hey, you're there. What's up, man? I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yep. What's I'm going here. on? So, a couple, a couple different things. So, about the Chicago thing, you know. Um, really, really don't care. Just, just wish it wasn't Chicago that won it because, um, and you know, I wouldn't mind it, you know, granted I'm a little disappointed. We didn't, we didn't get it, but you know, it would have been more deserving than, uh, you know, you know, if Anaheim or, or San Jose or somebody else would have won it, I would have been okay with it. Chicago of all people, you know, not especially out of Kyle beach and, and they didn't take any draft picks away. When they hit, right. when they hit, uh, you know, Arizona just a uh, couple years ago for something <laughs> of a minor infraction, they took away a draft pick and they didn't do anything, uh, anything like that to to Chicago. So I just find that a little bit, uh, you know, um, suspect. But but other than that, um, I actually wanted Fantilli, or I actually wanted uh, Carlson out out of all of it. I actually, you know, from looking at all the things and reading all the things, I. Not a scout or anything else like that, but you know, just just seeing how he plays his game, and he's already he's already playing in the SHL, which is a couple levels above the U18s, where Smith has been playing, and, and a level above the NCAA. You can kind of already see the projection of he's already starting to um, he's proven him among, uh, among men. So I'm I'm actually kind of a, you know excited about that fact. 
But what yeah. what I, what I really was calling about was it, it kind of struck me as a little bit odd that that um, Yarma was talking about he's already having conversations or doing research on coaches, which which is kind of odd because I was I was suspected you would have heard or somebody else would have heard um, you know in the hockey community like he's talking to other people and and. And he's, he's making it sound like the timeline is pretty quick. It's pretty quick going to happen. So that leads me to believe it's Pascal, um, which, which obviously I would not be in, 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 in support of. Uh, what is your thoughts on that? Well, I wouldn't be shocked if it, if it were Pascal Vincent. I, I mean, I'm of a mind that it's time for a completely different view from outside the building. Um, I think it's time for a coach that does not have existing relationships with the players in the room because I think everybody it, everybody needs to be held uh, to a completely new standard and not a carryover in any way. So that's where I would go. I, I mean, I know people don't – some people don't like quote-unquote retread coaches, but there's a reason that, that people who – who know what they're doing and have established credentials get opportunities because there's a trust level there. People have seen their work at the highest level. Um, and I think Pascal Vincent's a hell of a coach. I think he's a really smart guy. Um, I really truly do. I'm not just blowing smoke because he's a, a nice guy. I think he's a hell of a hockey coach. I just want I want an established, um, not even necessarily a, an intimidating type coach, but a coach that is um, pretty stern and pretty emphatic about how things need to be done the right way. I think the the thing, the aspect of the game that fails the Blue Jackets is not the easy stuff, but the hard stuff. The, uh, the play without the puck, the boring shit, the defensive stuff that really a coach, you know, has to be, has to drive point points home and sometimes do so in a confrontational way. And I want a guy that, that the players, certain players in particular, know they can't get away with stuff uh, with this guy around. I'm, I'm in total, agree- yeah, I'm in total agreement with you. I'm in total agreement with you because – it's not that I think Pascal's a, a bad guy or anything else like that, but I, I just feel like he's already been a voice in a room that people feel like they, you know, the players may already feel like, oh, I got a relationship with this guy, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, and so I, I'm I'm in total agreement with you. I, I think there needs to be a wholesale change of, and whether it be a, a retread or not, but I, I, somebody who actually has a system that's very definitive that you can follow. And they're going to make people. They're going to make the players follow it, and and you know everybody has to earn their keep again. Uh, and, instead of you know, uh, and, you know, and this is the this isn't a rip on line A. This isn't a rip on it, but you know Jack or whatever else. But they already have like existing relationships with Pascal, so you know they haven't been the most performing of two you know, two individuals. And so you worry about okay, well, what about that? You know, um, where where we also felt like Sillinger this year was more of a a favorite of Larson's where he, you know, for better of his development, he should have been sent down earlier. Um, 
you know, irregardless of, of man, you know, you know, bodies or whatever else like that, you know, you're hurting his future. So I, I just feel like, you know, guys are not earning their keep. And, and that's, that's kind of where that I'm agreeing with you. I, I need, I think we need a different direction than, than just putting Pascal in place. Yeah, I think the balance they're trying to find is someone who's tough enough to command the respect of the older players, but isn't overwhelming to the young players because that's still the lifeblood of the organization needs to be because that's, that's where it's going to really take off. Uh, I mean, are um, you hearing? Are you hearing? Are you hearing? Are yeah. you hearing anything like they're? Oh, sorry, Andrew. I think I may have lost you there. Um, uh, let's get to a couple of text questions before we wrap it up here. Um, I got a bunch in here, so we're not going to get to all of them. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can read through these. Hang with me, folks. I'm going to read to make sure that these questions are, are take us in a new direction with a new question. Can you explain why the NHL uses the lottery system rather than simple inverse ranking? Yes, uh, that's from Robert B. Why do they use a lottery system rather than just the inverse standings like the NH the NFL does. They don't want people to tank. Plain and simple. Uh, thank the Pittsburgh Penguins for this. They don't want teams to just be able to crush the season and get the player that they want. So there's a lottery. Worked. The uh, last place team didn't pick first. And, you know, the second and third place teams, or the first and second place teams only slid down one spot. So if you're a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, it's not a great day. If you're a hockey fan, maybe you're upset that the Blackhawks got them, maybe. But it's really not that outrageous to every other market in the league because they just stayed put where they were in the draft. So that's why they do it. It's because they don't want people to just automatically be able um, to get the pick they want. Let's see. I uh, one more. Forty. What is your gut on the new coach, Gallant Laviolette or Emmanuel Hotra? Um, my gut's trying, hoping to do some work on that today before I fly, because um, I think there's some stuff shaking. If I had to bet, I think Gallant is a is a real candidate. Um, Emmanuel Hotra still working as an assistant with the Leaves. I've spoken to Peter Laviolette. He does not want to speak publicly or on the record. Respect that. Um, I suspect Peter Laviolette is hearing from um, a couple of teams because he is, I mean, all you got to say about that guy, like him or not, he's never out of work long. Um, <laughs> right? The, the guy uh, the guy is a very respected hockey mind. I'm not sure if he lasts long. I'm not sure if he has to last long, frankly, um, but he's, he's a hell of a hockey coach. Um, Daryl Sutter, Seems a little too grim for me. I wouldn't be opposed to, to it personally. I think he'd be a hoop to cover. Um, I'm not sure that the team is looking for that exactly. Um, but we'll try to get some information on that. I think now that the lottery's behind us, the coaching search becomes obviously a focal point. Um, I said 45 minutes, we went an hour and four. Um, everybody, thanks for joining in. I really appreciate it. A great conversation. Um, Let's do one of these after the coach is hired. Um, if not, later this week, we'll do one uh, next week to get caught up on all the stuff. I do appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for all the questions. Sorry we didn't get to all of them. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. 
Have a great, uh, great couple of days. You're listening to the Front and Nationwide podcast via The Athletic.